Hey, peace, stars. We are up this early Sunday morning to talk some Knicks again. Knicks media propaganda, man. Media keeps flipping the script on us. Uh, first we're good, and then we're bad, and we're good again. And but they never give us any credit, man. So I got a man, D. Trav from the Knicks uh, at Night TV podcast, and we're gonna talk about it, man. So without further ado, Dynex Podcast. Let's go. <laughs> Hey man, what's going on? What's up, my man? How's everything going? Everything's good, man. Good, good to see you as always. We we, we were talking offline for a little, man. We, we you know, I like I like the Knicks, the Knicks community, man. We we got we got some some funny guys, man. You you <laughs> you're a funny dude, man. Yeah, man. yeah. So um, you know, we, we're gonna talk about the the whole media propaganda thing, man. This this is actually um like your idea. So coming on the podcast to do that. Thank you very much, man, for, right. for no. um for coming on with me. Yeah. But um, you actually play ball, right? Yeah, that's where uh, basically I know on my channel, a lot of people ain't seen me in a while um, due to the fact that I've been training and uh, practicing and playing in summer tournaments this this year. So uh, I, between work and training and all these tournaments that I've been playing in, I really have a, a lot of time to, to film. But yeah, I played in a rucker this summer. I played at Ronnie Park. I went back to my old hood neighborhood in Brooklyn and I played at Wingate Park in a tournament called Dunkers Delight. Remember I told you, uh, Obi Toppin's father, you know, his name is Duncan's Delight, but that's also the name of a tournament. They, after 10 years, is it 10 years? Yeah, after 10 years, they brought that tournament back this summer. So, you know, I had to go show love to my old hood. You know, they call me Kobe back over there. Um, that was my nickname growing up from since I was like 15, 16 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played in, a, in another tournament in Zone 6. It's called Zone 6, which was in Bed-Stuy, over there on Lafayette and Marcy Avenue. Um, so, yeah, I've been playing. I, I, my old self, 39 years old, man, I, I, I still got it. I was training. You know what You know what inspired me to keep playing is that, you know, I would go to the park and play once in a while against these young kids, and, and I, was, I, was, I was doing my thing. And I'm like, come on, I'm 39 years old. These 25-year-old guys still can't handle me. So I said, you know what? I'm going to come back out this summer again and, and give it one more, one more go. I'm, I feel like I'm still young at heart, you know? That's good, man. You at least you at least you're in good shape. I, I've seen I've seen you in person. We met a couple times. Man. I, you, you're in you're in decent shape. Me on the other hand, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I got my asthma pump on deck just in case. You know the last donut I had is gonna be the my last one. You know what I'm saying. So, yeah, man. But um, you know what? People people listen to you. So, oh yeah, blah blah. You should come, baby Kobe. You know they don't believe you, man. Right. So here, this um, let's go to the videotape. Peace, diehards. If you want to see D Trap's highlights, you're gonna have to go to the YouTube show. That's Dynex Podcast on YouTube. Now back to the show. <laughs> that little little uh, slow mo for the for the movie you did there, man. So yeah, so you know you really do play basketball, man. Um, uh, shout out to Dudu Baez, man. Th- those guys in Williamsburg, they have that yeah. that tournament. Yo, I actually bombed that that court with all my diehard Knicks stickers. I don't know if you noticed it. Oh yeah. Yeah, right, right uh, at the at the basket, right on um on one of the one of the poles. Mm-hmm. I, I put uh, I put a sticker on there. Um, one on um, one of the backboards, I actually, uh, slapped the uh, slapped one on on the backboard. And um, well, basically all the poles have it, and then I think the corner, on the, on the far end by the highway where everybody mm-hmm. sits down at, I put a, a few sticks there too. Yes, sir. So, you got to represent the brand at all times. Yeah, man. I, I haven't had a chance to watch any basketball this year, though, man. So the market don't I, stop. I, yeah. So I mean, the tournament um, season is basically over now, right? This is like the last weekend. In Ronnie Park. Well, I'm done in the Rucker. I'm done. Uh, and the Dunkers Delight, and I'm done. Zone six. Everything is done besides I'm playing in Ronnie. I still got like two more games before the playoffs, Ronnie Park. Okay. Um, 
And then there's another tournament that they got going up in Westchester. But that's inside though. That's in the gym that right. I'm playing in. So that one, that one has still got a couple more games to the playoffs too. But most, yeah, mostly all the tournaments are done. Yeah, but, I uh, think West Forth, West Forth is, is over right now too. Yeah, West Forth is over. Um, a, a couple of those layups that you see me doing it at the Rockwell with the when I got the Lakers. It's funny I got the Lakers yellow on one of the layups. You see me bumping to the guy laid up. You know yeah. who's that? You know who that guy was laying up? That was Smush Parker. That was that was guarding me. Oh, so that's why he threw you. Yeah. <laughs> so he threw you to the side. Yeah, Smush, Smush Parker. Yo, he was, was a beast Parker. back in the days, man. Yeah, you know, when, yeah. in his prime, especially the West Fourth Street stuff. I used to uh -huh. watch those guys all the time. Oh, Junie Sanders too. Yeah, you know, him and Junie Sanders. They they was uh, they was on the team together. That was like a lot of fun to watch back in those days. Yeah, yeah. It was funny yeah. because you, you know why that's so funny because I had on the, the uh, Lakers yellow and purple. Yeah, and Smush Parker bumped me, and my nickname is Kobe. You know, Smush Parker be doing interviews about Kobe that Kobe's not well. God rest Kobe. So hopefully, Smush Parker's not doing that anymore since Kobe passed away. But you know, he used to have this big beef with Kobe Bryant, saying right. Kobe Bryant was a, was a bad teammate. You know. <laughs> Yeah, so he was seeing he when he saw you with the with the yellow, and you had number eight too, right? <laughs> <laughs> so he was getting flashbacks of back in the days. And shit. <laughs> That's cool, man. Yeah, uh, I, I see. I see you. I see your hops is gone though. Definitely. <laughs> but, <laughs> my hop, but you know what? I, if I lose about 10, 50 more pounds, I think I could get it back. But uh, some of those highlights are a little deceiving because all right, when I was training, I kind of overdid it. So what happened was I kind of got like a hill spurs and plantar fasciitis. So yeah. some of those highlights you see me, I'm actually playing on one foot because my, my right heel is kind of was messed up in some of those highlights. So I'm like, yeah. I'm like limping on the court, still trying to do, still trying to do moves and stuff because I wanted to play so bad. You know, I would rest yeah. it for like a week and then go try to play. And then in the middle of the game, it will pop out like, you know, it will start hurting again. So yeah. that's why sometimes when you see me go to the basket, I'm even I'm just like, yo, let me just hurry up and get it up there. You know what I'm saying? Because I know I can't explode like I used to, and plus I had a, like a minor injury, you know. Yeah. But um, well, you know, finishing with both hands definitely is is going to help with that. Yeah. So right. yeah, so it, it's fun. It's fun to put put that out there just just um for so Knicks fans to see because not not everybody is just a bunch of talking heads like the right. media. You know, the right. Knicks media. Right. You know, propaganda. You know, just to, to add the segue to that, man. But you know, right. a lot of us actually play. We we actually play before, and we, we talk basketball all the time, man. So we know what we're talking about, man. So, um, how, how do you how do you want to attack this media thing? What's what's the first thing on your mind with this? Well, um, I was just I'm not gonna say their names because you know I, I don't never give these guys any light on our platforms. You know, mm -hmm. this is for us. This is we we here to represent the fans, to represent the culture. You know, what I'm saying to we're not gonna just say outrageous things just for clicks. You know, so. Um, the first thing I wanted to um, mention is that, you know, some people in the media, no names, you know, have us fighting for a playing spot after we was the fourth seed last year. So basically they saying that last year was a fluke. You know, there was a lot of injuries um, in the NBA. And, um, you know, we caught teams. What they said is we caught teams off guard because we play hard every night, you know, and teams usually not used to teams playing hard every night. So basically what the media is saying is that, they're going to be ready for the Knicks this year. They know when they go against the Knicks, the Knicks are going to play hard. So therefore, they're not going to be caught by surprise, which is going to lead us to being around the eighth or ninth seed for fight, fight for a playing spot. And I absolutely do not agree with that. Uh, according to our, uh, our um, key additions that we had this summer from free agency, as you know, Kimber Walker, Evan Foyanay, and the people that we drafted in the draft, you got Miles McBride, you got uh, Quentin McGrime, um, the kid Sims, 
uh, and, and, and we brought everybody back, you know, from last year. I think people are sleeping on continuity and having the same team that you had last year and running it back as far as familiarity with the team and, you know, chemistry. People will keep forgetting that chemistry is very important when it comes to basketball. So I just wanted to touch on that. The team chemistry, the key additions, and um, why do I think that, yeah, we could probably do the fourth seed again, maybe even better. Um, I don't I don't agree with some of the key additions that other teams is that going to make them so much better than us. Um, what is your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I agree with you, man. You know, just um, shout out to the chat. Everybody just here, Nick's community, movies and stuff. I've never seen movies and stuff before. We got Robert Paris here, also um, uh, Supreme Lord, I guess. That's that's how you want to call yourself. But um, Robert Parr, he's saying, like, the, the media still living in the past, bringing up all the bad years and all this other stuff. So I think that's what it is, too, man. They, they just um they just are stuck in the past of how much we've been losing and whatever. They, they don't want to give us the credit. But but even when we were winning, even back in the days, like in, in the Ewing era, and even mm-hmm. when we were winning with the mellow era a little bit like that, they never give us credit for nothing. We make it to the finals, you, you know what I'm saying? They already, you know, th- you know, threw us down that we weren't gonna make the playoffs again. That's how <laughs> it always is with the Knicks. It's, mm-hmm. it's just not, it's just not fair. And um, what, what I what I want to say too, just to add on what you're saying, is it's like like um like we, we made the playoffs, we did everything that we did, but like they they analyze it so heavy just to, to say that oh you know Knicks um the other teams are gonna be ready for us. You know, they're breaking it down so hard just to hate on us. You know, right. I've never seen that. I've never seen that in my life, man. That what, what, it's, it's, any any fan base across across the world, soccer and all this stuff. Nobody talks about a team the way that they talk about the Knicks. I mean, like the Yankees, maybe, but it's really more crybabies because they think everybody wants the Yankees to win every year. You mm-hmm. know, so if the Yankees don't win, everybody's crying. You know, right. but you know, it's not the same here with with, with um with the Knicks. With the Knicks, if the Knicks win, you know, you would you would think that we that we lost every single game. Right, you know the way that they analyze our stuff, so it's just it's just not fair. I, you know, it's really not fair. You know, sh- shout out to Kendrick Perkins too, because Kendrick Perkins been talking great about us all year. Mm-hmm. You know, and then all of a sudden now his last take was saying that we're not going to make the playoffs now. <laughs> but yeah, he was just talking. You know, I, they must have gave him a bug in his ear. Say, listen, man, all that good Nick stuff, man, is not is not getting any clicks. You know, what I'm saying yeah. you need to throw something in there. So that that's what it is. It's it's the business of of um of just negativity. You know that's that's what sells these clicks and stuff. You know, which is unfortunate, man. Right. I'm gonna go to uh, NBA.com real quick. I want to go to the regular season standings, how we ended the year, the teams that they that was underneath us that they're gonna have they have above us this year. Um, All right. On the screen, I'll, I'll put up um basketball reference. Okay. Yeah. So that's the Eastern Western Western Conference. Right. Let me see. I'll put um I'll break it down to the um division standings. So, so what are you what are you seeing here? So, uh, that's the division, right? So they we was above the Hawks. So they saying the Hawks is gonna be better. What was the key additions for the Hawks this year? Uh, just the draft. I don't think the, they did anything else besides besides the draft. Besides the draft. Yeah, so they, the Hawks, they didn't they didn't sign any new players, anything like that. And didn't they lose Lou Williams? Oh yeah, well Lou Williams, I I forgot what team he signed for. Right. But um, outside of that, they didn't they didn't add anything um to the team that that you know that that I that I could think of. And Lou Williams was a key uh, player for them. If you know, just when they took Trey Young out the game, and when the Knicks was playing the Hawks in the first round, it was Lou Williams who I was doing the scoring and giving us problems when Trey Young wasn't in the game. So they you could cancel that team out. One team that they think is still going to be better than us. They actually lost a player. Well, we we got better, and it seems like losing Lou Williams will make them worse. Don't you think? Yeah, I think so. Because I mean, you know, 
Uh, right now, they don't have a backup point guard because Lou Williams is basically the backup point guard for them over there. So now they're relying on Sharif Cooper to be mm-hmm. that guy. And we already know that, you know, Sharif Cooper is in, in uh, McBride's um, back pocket right now. You, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. So, you know, if you, if you want to contain him, just put McBride in, in the game. You know, right. so, yeah, so I, I mean, that, that's the thing. I'm not going to give a team credit if, the, if they didn't get better. The Knicks got better and we get no credit. Uh, but Atlanta automatically, they're going to be the, the best team in the, in the, in the, um, the East just because you said so. You know that that's 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 not that's not how it should be. It should be a little bit more, uh, you know, objective. You know, with, with the with the commentary. All right, who else was underneath us? Let's go with the Miami Heat. All right, so their key addition is we can't even count Olo Adipo because he's still not going to play, and you don't know what he's going to bring. So cut him out, and then their point guard is now Kyle Lowry. So do we think that Kyle Lowry is that much of a difference maker? I think he's a great defender. He's a great team leader. But uh, is he a superstar that's gonna bring them over the hump? They didn't even make, wait. Did he make the playoffs, or they was in the playoff playing game? Uh, Toronto. I don't think Toronto made the playoffs. No, I'm talking about what the is, Heat. The Heat. The Heat. Remember? Yeah, they 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 made they um they made the playing playing game at the at the end there. Okay. But um, I think uh I forgot who knocked them out. They they um you know they they had got knocked out early in the, in uh in the playing stuff. Right. So they their key addition is Kyle Lowry. I know you thinking when I said Kyle Lowry, you thinking about him being on the Raptors, but he's on the Heat now. Yeah, <laughs> he's on the heat now. But yeah, I don't think he's gonna make that much of a difference personally. I don't know. Well, you know, for like for like a team standpoint though, like like they're, they're trying to they're trying to bring the '90s back with that team because they they got yeah. they got Lowry to increase the defense. They got Jimmy Butler over there. You know, Bam out of Bayou. Um, they they got um PJ Tucker. That's oh, that's yeah, one guy. Right. You know, what right. I'm saying so adding PJ Tucker, I guess he's gonna be in their starting lineup. So they're looking to um to fight Giannis in the playoffs. They're looking to fight. You know, um, you know, KD and stuff like that. They they looking to to like like really start, you know, because because um they, they see what the Knicks did. You know, that's that's one thing too. The, the Miami Heat saw what the Knicks did and they actually copied us, which is right. interesting. You know, what mm-hmm. saying trying to increase the defense or whatever because they they could see that um that that's that's um something that that the NBA is going in, in that direction now with all these superstars and stuff like that being able to score. There's nobody to sign. So if there's nobody to sign, then you have to combat these guys. So I think. Like I said, adding PJ Tucker to fight to fight these different guys, and uh, maybe Lowry. You know, th- just from a team standpoint, I could see what the, what they're trying to do. Right, that, I, so. dude, um, I think it's a possibility they they would be better than the Hawks, but I don't guarantee them being better than being better than us. You know? Yeah, me either. Me either. Because I mean, right now with our four guys, I, I'm, I'm looking at like that. Four, the, the four guys we have: Julius, RJ, um, you know, Kemba, and Fournier. If if these guys stay moderately healthy throughout the year and stuff like that, we're talking about, um, you know, that all these guys didn't average less than than 17 last year. Right. Mm-hmm. All four of the guys: Fournier mm-hmm. average 17, um, um, RJ Barrett average 17, Kemba's a 20 point a game scorer, and um, freaking uh, Randall's a 20 point a game scorer. So you're talking about four guys that can really put the ball in the basket. And so, those. Yeah, yeah, don't sleep on um oh yeah, yeah, good. You bring up a good point. Don't sleep on Derrick Rose either, because uh if you yeah. look if you look back, he could get about 17 too. He could get about 17, 18 a game also. And I wanted to bring that up. That's one of my key points I wanted to bring. Like the Derrick Rose re-signing is a big plus to have him to come off our bench. And just, like that's a good tandem to have Kimber Walker and Derrick Rose. That's almost like 30-something points combined with them, you know, eat together. So if you look back to the playoffs, so when we was playing against the Hawks, if you look at the numbers, <laughs> believe it or not, Derrick Rose was our best player. He was our best player throughout the whole series. Maybe the last final game, which was what, game five? We lost in five games, right? So yeah. maybe our last final game, that was his worst game. But I think he checked out early that game, in game five. But 
the first four games that he played, he was our, he was the best player. Julius Randle didn't show up to the last two games of the series. You yeah. know, so <laughs> by that time it was already over. You know, Julius Randle wanted to show up, but it's basically over. You know, yeah. But with the first two, um, the first three to four games, it was all Derrick Rose. He was he he averaged about like twenty points, I believe. Throughout the, the first four games, yeah, I, I think he had thirty points. Did he have thirty points twice, or he, or yeah. he had? Um, I think he did, right? Yeah, yeah, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah. So, and then even up until last year, before the playoffs, what did they? Uh, you know, they were saying that um, after we added Derrick Rose to the roster, the Knicks, the Knicks got better as a team. So we got we can't sleep on Derrick Rose being on the team and the effect he has. He's coming off the bench and going against the second union. You know, I mean, yes, he's older, but he still has the mind and the IQ to take these young players that's coming off the bench. They still can't hang with them, you know? Yeah. That's very important, man. Cause I mean, you lo- you're going from Walker to Rose. So, I mean, you know, you don't, you don't lose, you don't right. lose any intelligence. You don't lose any scoring ability. Also Derek Rose can shoot just as well as Walker at this point right. in his career. So he's basically, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're basically the same player, you know, coming coming in for each other. And then also shout out to um, Alec Burke. Cause Alec Burke has been a double digit scorer his whole year, his whole career. Right. You know, he averaged 15 points a game um, with um, Golden State before he got here. And, um, you know, he actually held us down a lot this year, you know, being a closer at, at one point for us, you know, scoring 30 points sometimes, you know, just that and the other. Yeah. Also, shout out to Quickly. Quickly, if Quickly was on a bad team, um, he would be a starter, you know, on a bad team. Uh, like a, like I'm talking about a, a team that has no chance to make the playoffs. Let's mm-hmm. say if Quickly was on Detroit instead of um, – what's the, what's the kid they got over there? Um you know, I can't think of the kid's name, but it's it's it, let's say if um quickly was over there instead of instead of that dude, Killian then, Hayes. Um, Killian Hayes. Yeah, Killian Hayes. You know, quickly would be averaging like twenty points a game over there. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying straight like that. But um, you know, th- these are the guys that we have coming off off the bench. So the talent level is is there, and and I, and I feel like um to to say that we're not going to make the playoffs and all this sort of stuff, it just it's just not fair. It's just, you're I just can... not really analyzing the roster properly. Eru, if you look at our roster, we have a case to be one of the deepest teams in the East. And it's just it's just a disgrace that the media would say that we're going to be in the playing game, but we're one of the deepest teams. Now, if you look at our starting lineup, if we're going to go with Kimba Walker, uh, R.J. Barrett, Evan Foyne, Julius Randle, and Mitchell Robinson. Now, who you got backing up um, Mitchell Robinson? Noel, who was a key player in our playoffs. Yeah, he was a key defender. He helped shut down the paint, uh, hustling, getting rebounds, tapping out rebounds. He uh, saved our season too, man. He, he, you know, for that forty-one, thirty-one, when Mitch Robinson went down, he held us down. Exactly, and we yeah. got him. We got him coming off the bench now. Now Julius Randle, who's backing him up? Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin. He actually played well in the playoffs. He had a a subpar regular season, but playoff time, he actually stepped up and he showed that he had heart. And it continued into the summer league. He actually played good the summer league. So it's not going to be a lot of pressure from Obi Toppin coming off the bench. But uh, I guess the second units, like I said, Obi Toppin, that's a good backup for Julius Randle. Now, uh, depending on who you got at small forward, whether it's Evan Fournier or R.J. Barrett, the backup small forward is going to be Alex Burks. Like you said, Alex Burks in the playoffs, I think the first game he had like 30. In the yeah. first, he had like 30 points. So he's now coming off our bench, a key play that could get, like you said, 16, 18 points a game. He's coming off the bench. Uh, now you go to shooting guard. Let's say R.J. Barrett's the shooting guard. The backup shooting guard is going to be quickly. He was – wasn't he – didn't he make one of the um, – all teams for rookies last year. Uh, yeah, I believe rookie. he made the the second team. The second, second team, team all rookie. Second team all rookie, and you see what he does. He the kid has tremendous range. He can handle the ball and flow the game is crazy. He's the backup yeah. shooting guard. And once again, we're gonna go back to the backup point guard. 
is uh, Derrick Rose. Our backup team, our lat, our five coming off the bench to actually win a couple games starting in the NBA. So how can they say, you know, you come up, you you start Derrick Rose quickly, um, Burks, uh, Obi Toppin, and, and, and Noel, I'm sure we could win a couple, beat some teams with that. Some of the bottom teams like the Pistons and, and the Magic and the Cavaliers, we could probably beat them with that team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, imagine that. Yo, this this guy, um, Popovich used to do that with the Spurs. He used to just take the whole starting lineup out and just put the bench in there. And they would they would actually win. I think they beat Miami one time in, in um on TV. Right. You know, with 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 the starters all taking a rest and stuff like that. So I mean, like the Knicks, Knicks can actually flip the script, put the bench as the starters, and have the starters as the bench, and it's still gonna be the same outcome. Right. I mean, I mean, you know, that that's another thing too. Just um just the simple fact that um, like it's like two playing two different playing styles. So mm-hmm. when, once you once you um prepare for that front or that first unit, now the whole game changes once the once the bench comes in because right. those guys are gonna be looking to run, especially with Obi and um and quickly and and Burks and stuff. They're gonna be looking to push the um, to push the envelope. And then like as the game goes along, according to who's rocking, you know that fourth quarter is, is a, you don't know who's gonna be out there, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I think all this is 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 keys. Um, you know, you know this that's gonna get us to, um to um to basically. Uh, possibly um, getting us back to that fourth seed again. Definitely not a plan. You right. know? So, I mean, to me, like, you know, as, as a Knicks um, podcaster, like uh, people want to throw the Homer thing at you, you know, right. but uh, I'm, like to be a Homer, you have to say like, you know, people are going to get on me because I keep, I keep mentioning the kid's name, but uh, Franklin Aquina, right? <laughs> like everybody say the Franklin Aquina is not going to give you no wins. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So like to say that is like, that's a delusional Knicks fan. But right now, the way that me and you're breaking it down and uh, how these guys can can improve the team, this is not the this is not a Knicks fan being delusional. This is facts, you know. Because like like I said, we, we're gonna we here to break down basically the whole East. Yeah, right. you know what I'm saying. So so we're we're gonna talk about everybody's roster and this and this and the other. But you know, talk objectively. Look, look at our team. Mm-hmm. You know exactly. Like I said, I will give I'll give the Nets. The Nets, yes, they have a super team. We don't have a super team to compete with the Nets. We will have to be be in our best defensive bag, you know, in a game against them in order to, to you know, compete with the Nets. The Milwaukee Bucks, we already know they're the defending champions. So, um, once again, but we played them good last year when we, we both the Nets and the, and the Bucks, you know, with less offensive weapons, we played both of those teams good last year. I actually think we blew out the Bucks one of the games that we played against them. <clears throat> If you recall, yeah. but, but that was that first game. Yeah, that, we, the first game we played against them, I think. I think we just smacked them that, yeah. that first game. Yeah. So, um, so I'll give I'll give the media the Bucks and the Nets. But as the Sixers go, I, I don't know what's going on with the Sixers, right? You know, Ben Simmons is not picking up his phone. He's thinking he's gonna. <laughs> he thinking he's gonna get traded. His mind is all messed up, you know. So yeah, he just seen his ex girlfriend in the championship with Devin Booker. You know, you know, you know. <laughs> You know, she went from a loser to a winner. You know, we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and also too, Andre Andre Drummond got um, you know, uh, what's the name? Um, uh, Joel Embiid got got real estate. You know, in his in his mind and shit. You know, yeah. Andre from from their from their um, you know, competition against each other. Right. Because so isn't I, that weird? Why did uh, why did Andre Drummond sign with Philly out of all teams? He could have went to a team and actually started, but he said, "Yo, let me go to the guy that 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 has me in his back pocket." You know what I'm saying? Why would he yeah. do that? You know what? That might have been all friendly banter, like like on the court. I'm I'm gonna clown you. I'm gonna go against you. Do anything it takes to get in your head. It's kind of like Michael Jordan, right? Michael Jordan. Remember, Michael Jordan and Patrick was very good friends. But on the court, he'll dunk on 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 you and throw him on the floor, scream in his face, say he hate the Knicks. But in the off season, he in the off season, him and uh, Patrick Ewing are conspiring to play with each other. And be, you see, you see what I'm saying? 
So it's, it could be. But one of they those they never did though. They never <laughs> right. did. They never. Ewing was like, man, I ain't going over there. And Jordan was like, I ain't going over there neither because it's it's the competition. Right. So I mean, like, if a guy, yo, if if a guy tell, let's say, like, like I'm saying, you play basketball, you play, you really play basketball, you know. Right. So let, let's say you got your guys, you on your team or whatever. See, like next season. Like the guy that said, "Yo, man, um, you, you got real estate in your mind, or whatever." If you say some some slick shit like that to me, to me that's like fighting words right there. <laughs> so if somebody says that to you, like, are you gonna be like, "Yo, you know what? I'm gonna go on that guy's team next year." Right. And how old is Drummond? I might say, you know what? It might be the new era. That's how the that's how the new era is. I I even see in the street ball. I'm not gonna mention no teams of street ball because I don't want nobody coming for me. <laughs> but they do the same thing now. They try to create these super teams. They model themselves after the uh, after the NBA. And, I, and I'm looking at it like, bro, if you're supposed to be the best in your neighborhood, he's supposed to be the best in his neighborhood. You want to go against him? That's, that's competition. You want to have bragging rights. But these guys are not like that no more. They're like, you know what? If I could team up with you or we could win the championship, I don't care if I average five points or whatever anymore. And, you know, I'd rather just win the championship and, and follow the footsteps and be, be friends with everybody. You know, yeah. that's, just, that's just the way it is now. So I don't know. Maybe Andre Jumbo was like, listen, man, it was all fun and games. And and Joe Embiid is one of my favorite players, and I don't mind playing playing with him. You know, but yo, Andre Drummond is twenty eight years old now, man. He's like <laughs> in his prime. Yeah. He's in his prime of his career, and you decide. You know how much he makes? Two million dollars a year, uh, for, for next year. Two he's, million. He's probably he probably feels like he's a key addition to the Sixers, and he can help them get to the championship. Who knows? I don't know. Oh, man. Remember, Dad. Well, no, no, no. Okay, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say, and I think Andre Drummond realized that um. Through the buyout, he got picked up um, through the Lakers through the buyout market, right? I think he realized that his value in the NBA—that's why he signed with the Sixers—is not very high. Because the yeah. uh, when he was on the Pistons, he used, it was the Pistons, right? Or was it the Cavaliers? Yeah. Was it the, yeah, the Cavaliers? I think was um, well, it was it was both teams. He was on both both of those teams. But which which team did he finish out with? I think Cleveland. Cleveland was the last one he was. All on. right. So when he was on Cleveland, they was trying to get rid of him for a bag of chips, and nobody wanted him. So, so you know, so I guess he figures now. Like, remember, the Knicks was thinking about getting him. A lot of teams was was thinking about trading for him, but nobody budged. You know, so I think he knows that his value is not as high as, as he thinks in his head. So he's just like, you know what? I'll be a backup center to um, Joel Embiid, and maybe I'll ride his coattail, <laughs> and then uh, something good to come out of it. Yo, man, his his agent has got has got to be like the worst. Like, like or whoever is in his ear. Cause I mean, like, like nobody wanted him just because he was making like twenty-seven mil. So right. nobody wanted to make that trade. The Knicks could have done it, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? But they didn't do it. They held on to the chips and whatever, which was a good idea. But like, like, um, like uh, future-wise, like, like he he went to to the L.A. L.A. Um, Lakers to, to to like ride the coattails to a championship. Right. You know that that didn't work out for him. You know, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So, um, given the fact that that um that all that stuff that nobody wanted to trade for him, and, it, and now everybody's really analyzing is he is he even a, a max player? You know they they're really going crazy with the anal- analytics and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. now people are, re- are ready to make the decision that he's not worth nowhere near twenty seven million dollars, right? So then you go to to the Lakers to to ride a championship that didn't work. They didn't resign you. They went and got Dwight Howard back. You know, and they already got the history. They already had Dwight Howard twice already. So mm-hmm. this is like the third time they got Dwight Howard. So that, that what does that say about you? So now you went from twenty seven million dollars, right? You got the buyout and this that, and the other to two million, and you're backing up L- um 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 Joel Embiid. Yo, that is he just committed like career suicide because he would never make like I don't think he would ever make no more than ten million dollars now. Right. Absolutely. And he, and he, like he's he's in his prime. You know, he's still gonna give you like if you if you give him a shot, he still can give you fifteen and twelve. That's that's what he's been doing. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, it's a shame. It's a shame to. 
you know, this the, the same thing like with this guy Dennis Schroeder. Like whoever is in his in his head in his ear, man, they just they just made him they 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 put him in a position, and he was on the Lakers too, man. So you know, maybe, maybe it's a conspiracy or something. You know, the, these yeah. guys they, they just have the wrong guys in their ears. You know, uh, messing up their careers. You want you want to go down that path? We could go down uh, Dennis Schroeder, Andre Drummond. Don't forget, don't forget Victor Oladipo. He he was projected, like you said, to get twenty six, twenty eight million dollars. The Rockets was gonna give him like at least half of that. I think the Rockets was willing to give him like at least sixteen or fifteen, right? I think the Pacers was willing to give him like the twenty-eight. He did, he turned it down from the Pacers. He turned it down from the Rockets. All that to be a free agent. What what is he making right now? Two million dollars. <laughs> yeah, he's another one. He's making like like garbage. You know, so it, it's just bad decision making. Because I, I mean, it's, it's one thing like you don't want to be on that team that you're on, and people mm-hmm. understand. You think highly of yourself and this and the other. But I mean, you got to be realistic and and how you how you project yourself and how you look at yourself as compared to the rest of the market. Because that, that's the thing too. Like um like people put too much emphasis on the t- on the player that you like, but there's like a million players out there, so mm-hmm. that, that you're able to get you can get better, but from somebody <laughs> else in the NBA, you don't have to put all your hat your eggs in the, in one basket. So mm-hmm. the same thing with the players. A lot of times they put all their their stock in themselves and they bet they bet on themselves and then they then they lose. Right, right. Yeah. Well, you never could, you know. I mean, I guess you just got to be realistic with uh, the numbers you put up. You got to go into the analytics because you know that's what. Then if your agent is not going into the analytics, then he's not a good agent because that's all the NBA is about right now is analytics. So yeah. when they when they, when your agent looks look at your analytics compared to other players that's making the money you, that you want, you got to be realistic and say, what do you do that they do that you know that's gonna be able to give you that get you that money, you know? Right. So me personally, I never wanted Dennis Schroeder on the Knicks. I was like when when it was come down to it, and the Knicks didn't have a point guard yet. And it was like the Knicks are talking to Dennis Schroeder. I was like, please no, please, please no. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, break break him down. Break down on Dennis Schroeder. Why, why, why did you say that? Why did I say that? Uh, I think he, I mean, I mean, he's a little undersized, but I can't say undersized because Kimber Walker is undersized too, right? Right. But um, when you look at Dennis Schroeder, I think he's just think he's better than he is. He's a little overconfident as a player. Um, is he fast? Yes, he's fast. Um, and then the play. Uh, I think he messed himself. He played good during the season, right? But in the playoffs, he was a no-show. Terrible during the playoffs. His three-point shot was missing. He did, he's not really that much of a good three-point shooter. And that's one of the things we hated about Alfred Payton. Like, we're not going to go from Alfred Payton to Dennis Schroeder. Like, we wanted our point guard to be a good shooter, to space the floor for Julius Randle and RJ Barrett, you know? That's one of the reasons we we, did, we wanted to get rid of Alfred Payton. So it would have been like moving sideways, I think, going from Alfred Payton to Dennis Schroeder. Yes, he could penetrate. He's a, he's a good team player, but um, I don't think he's good with a space on the floor. And I, like I said, I thought he was undersized. But um, I know we I know we got Kimber Walker, but Kimber Walker is on a different level. Like he has handle. He's very quick. Team player. He can shoot the rock. We've seen him carrying teams in college. We see him even on a bad Charlotte Hornets team. You know that uh, he carried that team. He was like the franchise player. Michael Jordan loved him. He's a good kid, good, very humble. That's that's one of the reasons why, you know, the Knicks like him is because he's a good person and very humble. I don't need Dennis Schroeder here with his cockiness and overconfidence, you know? Yeah. I think that's what that's I think that's the in the nutshell there. Just just being a team player, the cockiness of it. Because I mean, like, like if you look at the whole Knicks roster, everybody seems to be the same kind of um player. You know, they, they all seem to be really good dudes. They don't they don't you never hear about them doing anything off the court. Everything is just basketball. Every time you hear anything about them, they're all together. 
Right. You know, they're all in the gym together playing basketball. Right. You know what I'm saying? So a guy like Dennis Schroeder, he's doing this. You know what I'm saying? He got the green, the, the yellow streak in his hair. You know what I'm saying? He got three cuts in his eyebrows trying to wild out, stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? So he's right. on that level. And also, too, like you're on the Lakers and they offered you a contract, which is decent. And you said, nah, I want more. I want a max. You think so? So after after what happened in the season and then in the playoffs, you think you think that you were worth the max? You know, right. that, 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 as I'm saying, like, who is in his ear? You know, mm -hmm. he might be in his own ear, you know, feeling himself, you know, on that level. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So well, with, the, with the Knicks, I, I think that would have been a catastrophe too. Because yo, know, I, I I was kind of like, you know, it's that it's that old PTSD, man. Like there was nobody else available. So when when it when it came down to it, where where we there was nobody and it was only Dennis uh, Dennis on Schroeder, I'm thinking Dennis, like, no, it was Dennis yeah. Schroeder and Reggie Jackson. But go ahead. Right. So I was leaning towards Dennis Schroeder a little bit more, and I, I it kind of was just like. Like as if I was just waiting to just you know waiting to just get my ass whooped or something like that. I just wanted to say, listen, uh, you know, like do, do I get beat up this way or that way? So you know what, uh, let me go with Schroeder, you know, and then I'm just waiting, waiting to get beat up, you know. That that's how it felt. But then when when Kemba Walker came available with the buyout, they're like, yo, nobody was talking about that. See, that, that's another thing. Another thing too about this media stuff. They like to push their machine to get you stressed out, but they don't even know what the fuck is going on. They don't know what's going on. Because how do you not know that Kemba Walker was gonna was gonna get bought out? You know why? Because you're too busy trying to uh, say the Knicks are not gonna make the. You know you're too busy. Mm. You know trying to trying to paint these narratives to get people to click. But meanwhile, the real news nobody's reporting on the real news. You know, so when he became available, oh my god, the the light. You know the light that, that came on me, man, is is is, is, is as if um, you know, is, is if is, is as if like like somebody just just pulled me out and said, "Come come with me," you know. So I I got you. You know, you don't have to be in that pit waiting to get your ass beat, you know. So and that's yeah, what man. we gotta we what we gotta understand that we also have PTSD, like you said, like we gotta trust in Leon Rose. We should have known that Leon Rose had something up his sleeve. Not trying to say he was tampering or anything like that, but he probably knew all along, like. Yeah, Kemba Walker wants to come to the Knicks. We're gonna hold that. We're gonna we're gonna hold on on that. We we already talked to Evan Fournier. We're gonna get him signed. He's he really wants to come. I think they're all about players that wants to be on the Knicks now. We're not chasing players anymore. Listen, we're not gonna come flying out to your mansion and kiss your ass and tell you, look, this is what the Knicks can do for you. You wanna come to the Knicks? You think this is a good market for you? You contact us. We're gonna have a conversation with you. But the days of us kissing free agent ass, I think it's it's, it's over. We only yeah. want players that want to be here. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Then say like like say Fournier. Fournier wanted to be here since he was a kid. You saw the interview and stuff like right. that. Right. But um, we we signed him first, so people was like, oh, why did we sign him? This the stress, you know, the PTSD and stuff like that. Then when Kemba came came available and he then he comes over, then now you see the big picture. It's like, oh snap, they play well with each other in Boston, and they actually liked each other. So this is something deeper. Than, than, than what anybody thinks. Like you said, Leon Rose and this and the other. Shout out to OKC. I forget the guy's name, but we had a, a dude that, that we pulled from OKC. So so there's a connection there. We right. got a connection with the, with that team. So whatever work that they were doing behind the scenes, they made OKC be quiet about it. You know, mm -hmm. and then we were quiet about it. Nobody, there was no leaks. You know, so that, that tells you how powerful the Knicks are. You right. know, we, we have we have um, connections that that um that so strong that that nobody's leaking anything that we do. Right. You know, even with the draft, like the, the draft that we did, nobody leaked anything that we were doing. Nobody knew that we were going to trade the 19th pick for, for no. nothing. No. You know, nobody knew that we were going we were gonna to go back. Nobody knew that we were going to get Grimes and McBride. Nobody knew none of that stuff. You know, mm -hmm. but all of a sudden they know, they know for a fact that we're not making the playoffs. You know, they, they just know the negative stuff. We move into silence. That, and like you said, the media is always looking to put, you know, dirt on our names. As soon as, you know, free agency started and we got Fournier, 
they was ready to say the biggest losers of free agency is the New York Knicks. You know, yep. the biggest losers. Like I can't believe it. Look at all these teams. They getting this player. You know, the Bulls. They got Der- Demar Derozan and they got uh, Lonzo Ball. I thought Lonzo Ball was going to the Knicks. Now he's on the Bulls. So the Knicks are the biggest losers. Like all you got is Evan Fournier. They was laughing at the Knicks. You know. So it go. They just they like you said. It went from free agency to we being the biggest losers. Then they realized. We, we got Kemba Walker. So now they can't see we're the biggest losers no more. But now it's, well, we don't think the Knicks is going to be a fourth seed anymore. We don't think that they're going to make the playoffs. So they just, every every step of the way, they're going to they're gonna knock us. They're, gonna knock, they're not, they're not going to learn any lesson. You know, yeah. we're going to have to prove it once again. We got basically the same team as last year with, up, with upgrades. You know, so how are we going to be worse if we have upgrades? Like you, yeah. you took out Reggie Bullock, who I didn't like as a player. He hit threes once in a while. But come on, you got to look at Evan Foyne and see that Evan Foyne is a way better player than Reggie Bullock. Besides shooting threes, he has heart. He can go to the hole. He slashes. He's a team player. Um, if Reggie Bullock wasn't shooting a three, he was no good to you. Because at the end of the day, you know who they had guarding Reggie Bullock in, in the uh, playoffs? You won't guess who they had guarding him. Yeah, say his name. Trey Young. <laughs> yeah. They had yes. Trey Young guarding Reggie Bullock. Reggie Bullock is 6'8", right? and he had yeah. Trey Young, who was like six feet, 6'1", at the most, 6'1", at the most guarded him. Come on, man. You think yeah. that Trey Young will get away with guarding Evan Fournier? Evan Fournier will punish him, shoot over him, take him to the rim, you know? So that's one of the things. Like, So that's an upgrade. Also, we had Alfred Payton starting. Alfred Payton, a guy who can't hit a jump shot to save his life. He was starting. And it took Tibbs to, like, what, the third game to, to bench him and put Derrick Rose in right. as the starter, right? So Kimba Walker, you can have to see, is way better, way better than, than, than uh, Alpha Payton. So we upgraded at the point guard and the small forward position, and we was the fourth seed last year. But according to the media, we're going to be the ninth seed. That's just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I want to bring it back to that Trey to that Trey Young stuff, man, because that's exactly you know um, a, a key thing there. Because now, like say like a, like a coach like McMillan, he he's smart, you know you know what I'm saying. It, it, automatically, Bullock can't score. Trey Young, go guard Bullock because that'll save your energy. So as soon as um, they get the rebound, now you now you're ready because you was chilling. Because right. Reggie Bullock is standing in the corner, he ain't going nowhere. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. So put Trey Trey Young over there and let him chill out on defense, and that that way he'll have all the energy to destroy us on the other end. So teams can't do that now. Right. You know, you, you cannot cheat on the Knicks no more. Right. You know, you know what I'm saying? The only player that you could cheat on is Mitchell Robinson, but you got these four off- offensive talents starting the game. Mitchell Robinson is open. If you're mm-hmm. going to try to cheat, the only player that you could cheat off of is Mitchell Robinson. Right. Alley oops all day because all four of those guys can create their own shot and they're all, uh, you know, um, decent passes. Right. You know what I'm saying? So the alley oop is going to be there for Mitchell Robinson all day. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and, and if Mitchell Robinson uh, improved this game just a little bit, you better watch out. Like all he need is a mid range. You know, we see him in the gym shooting and doing all those moves. We just want to see it. We don't want to see that Mitchell. We don't want to see your your Instagram and your YouTube highlights no more. Do it in the damn game when it counts. You don't even got to shoot threes. Just free throw line jump shot. You know. You know when you're looking when they <clears throat> when Julius Randle is looking to isolate and they helping off of you when he kick it to you right there on the elbow. Just show a little a little jump shot. I know you can do it. I don't know if it's confidence. You know, it's like, listen, I have confidence in practice, but during the game, when the lights is on, maybe I get paranoid and I get scared. But he's bigger now. He's stronger now. You see him, you know, in the gym working out. Hopefully now he, he besides added 20, 30 pounds that he got, 
hopefully that um he he added a mid-range jump shot to his game. That's all he needs, a, a mid-range jump shot, and we'll be straight. Yeah, he gave us a little insight to that too. He said the coaching staff was working on this jump shot because, like, not for nothing. Like, like if you, if you watch it, because you you play ball, this fucking guy, <coughs> his, his jump shot. He when he when he gets it, he ends up like, like this at the end at the end of the jump shot. Like, there's no way in the hell that I'm gonna say, hey, Mitch Robinson, you shoot that jump shot, you know, because he's smacking himself in the el- in, in the face with his elbow every single time that he shoots a jump shot. So I don't want him shooting that. But anyway, like like you said, if if the if the 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 Knicks brass was able to twerk, tweak that and get him in, you know, to at least have like decent form where, where, where you could trust him to then then that'd be great one thing too because um yo, for yo we, me, me and uh shout out to evergreen last night me and evergreen talked about uh mitchell robinson for 45 minutes bro mm. yeah it was like it was it was crazy man but you know i i'm actually cut it up so guys can um can go right to it on on, on youtube a little bit later but anyway mm-hmm. you know just 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 one thing like like every every time mitchell robinson gets the ball sometimes when the shot clock is getting crazy because the Knicks always end up in a situation where somebody has to go one-on-one you know, mm-hmm. so anyway, so Mitch Robinson would get the ball, and then like all he would have to do is basically drive. You know, like he, the lane is open, just drive. You know what I'm saying? He, he cannot, he cannot do that. So if if he if he's able to to simply like get the ball, swing it, maybe bounce it, you know, to get a little bit closer, you know, and make a layup, and that 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 is key too. That but you know that's basic basketball. If he can get these little basic basketball things in, in, into his game and, and i'm not i'm not asking him to to be a 20 point a game score or be somebody that you're gonna back him down and give him you know make it make it that I, we don't you know i don't think anybody's asking him to do that but just little basic nba you know not nba just basic like like bitty league moves man if he can get those things in his, in his bag you know i mean i don't i don't know how you guard us i don't know how you guard us right i'll just say this i think it's once again i'm gonna just say it's just confidence when mitchell robinson is all about confidence because if you go back to high school, he was doing that in high school. When you, yeah. when you see him playing with his friends, he was he, when he plays in the gym with his friends, he's always he's dribbling the ball, he's going to them, he's dunking, he's laying up. So this is the player that we thought we was getting when we when we drafted him. We saw what he did in high school. We, we knew that he sat out college a year and he was working on his game. He was working out with Anthony Davis and, and Hibbs or whatever. So we thought this is the player we get. I don't know if maybe if the Knicks – well, this is a totally different front office, to be honest with you. So – I was gonna say I don't know if like you know uh, what's the guy's name Steve Mills and all of them you know when they was working with him they were saying we're gonna we're gonna bring you along slowly each year we're gonna add something to your game like this year we just 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 worry about blocking shots and setting a, a correct pick and getting alleys then in year two we work on something different then year three you know maybe they was taking that um, that progression stages with him and and this year you know hopefully he'll show. A little bit more of ball handling and a little mirror jump shot. But Pete, uh, speaking about progression, that brings me on to somebody that uh that that I forgot to mention as far as the New York Knicks being a better team this year. Um, I don't know what you and Evergreen was talking about one of the key players, but personally, one of the key players to me and, and how far the Knicks can go, whether they could be a top four team again, is uh, R.J. Barrett. Mine's mine's is R.J. Barrett. We saw in the first year how everybody was knocking him, saying he wasn't a good player and he was a bust and blah, blah, blah. He went in the gym, he came out, and he and he, came, and he got a jump shot. And last year he shot, what, about thir- between 37 to 40% from three-point yeah. range, mm-hmm. right? So he improved. His game improved tremendously last year. I'm look, That was year two. Remember, this kid is only, what, 20, 21 years old? You know? Yeah, I don't even think we, he's 21 yet. Did, yeah. I'm, I'm going to pull it up now. Yeah, well, he's 21. He just turned 21 maybe two months ago. 
Yeah, so he, this kid is 21 years old. I just want to say keep the same energy for him that the Frank Howard had. Oh, Frank is young. Give Frank a chance. And Frank is blah, 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 blah. Everybody was saying it. I didn't mean to, I said I would never speak about Frank's name again, so I'm sorry for mentioning yo, that. Yo, I, I don't mean to cut you off, man, but it, it's hard. It's hard not to because it comes back to it because everybody has that imagination about this player. But then a guy like R.J. Barrett that you cannot root against, you know, and, and your shit, I just don't get that. I don't freaking get that. That is insane to me, man. But anyway, you know, go ahead. Finish what you saying. Yeah, so, uh, so I'm just saying in year two, he showed way more improvement in his game than Frank has shown over the four or five years that he's been with the Knicks, you know? So <clears throat> my thing is, year three, if he take that next step up, year three, I seen him in the gym. So last year, I think they focused on his three-point shooting because they said his jump shot was, was broke. He, proved, he improved on that. What I seen him working on is like candy. <laughs> Frank, Frank's name is like candy, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm sorry, man. Yo, my bad. I, I think I think he laughed so hard that he kicked himself out the, out the stream. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yo, thank thank you, Jarrell, man. Yo, I, yo, I love you guys, man. Jarrell, between Jarrell and um and like um Greenhouse, man, you guys are funny as fuck, man. Oh my god, yo, I'm laughing because you're laughing so hard you kicked yourself out the street. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what happened? That was the Frank, the Frank Hive is still here. They said, Oh, they talking about Frank. Delete. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yo, the Frank oh, Hive god. just yo, I'm sorry, Frank Hive. I know you oh, the Frank Hive, the Frank Hive kicked you out the, out the street. That's what <laughs> Oh, yo, this is who did it. This is who did it. Andy did it. He came from Poland. He dropped it. He dropped a bomb in Poland on us, man. Oh, my God. Oh, Lord, help me. Anyways. Yo, you need it? You need one? <laughs> yo, so anyway, basically what I'm saying is that R.J. Barrett, from year one to year two, he got a jump shot. From year three, what I see him working on is, uh, it looks like him and his trainer, I saw some highlights. It's like he's moving on. He's working on shiftiness. Like, I guess, you know, RJ Bear is a little stiff with the basketball. Like, you know, he doesn't have like smooth transitions into his moves as far as like a Jason Tatum has. Like, he doesn't have the like the smooth step back. I mean, I seen him do it one time. I don't remember that game. I remember when he did it. I think he was on the right three point line. He hit somebody with a move and he stepped back and the kid almost fell and hit three. I was like, woo, we need to see that all the time from RJ Bear. But, in, um, in, um, in Canada, right? You're talking about, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. When he did that, that, that was like, woo, oh, baby. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, if he if he improves on just being a more, I, I, I like to see him post up a little bit more. When he has a mismatch, like he has a smaller guy on him, yeah. um, post up a little bit more. And then more shiftiness with the ball, just not be like real stiff with it. If he could show that this year, then, you know, and, he, and what was he, like 17 a game? Let's give us 20. Give us 20. Just three more points. If he could give us 20, 21 a game. Because if you look at their improvement, if you look at players like uh, Jimmy Butler and such and such like that, over their first three to four years, you saw the improvement from like, I think he's actually ahead of Jimmy Butler. I mean, I'm not trying to say he's going to be the next Jimmy Butler, but as his progression goes as year one, year two, year three, I think his timeline is projected better than Jimmy Butler's timeline was when he was with the Bulls. Yeah, I'm with it. I'm with that. Definitely. The, uh, I was trying to figure out what trainer that was, but it was it was um Drew Halen. Drew Drew, Drew, Drew Han Hanlon. That's his Hanlon. name. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I mean, like the the video you were talking about, he had him doing like like a basic move, kind of like going like that. That's yeah. bitty stuff. That that stuff that you're teaching little kids to you know to to learn how how Rhythm. to figure out how to do that in and out and the crossover is that that movement just to get the um the the, the um the knees loose. That's something that, that we used to do as, as kids, you know, to, to try to try to get to try to get right. So I mean, you know, that that's that's it. all that is important and stuff. But um, you know, what what I what I want to say about about RJ is that I, I just think that even if he doesn't get that into his game, because I feel like that that's a lot. A lot to do because it's really like, like, like you just have it's a concept. Like you have to agree to that concept to to do it in order, in order to get those that bop and all that other stuff. Because like um like a, a lot of guys you, you could teach to say like my son for instance. I, I got an older son. He's he's um he's about to be eighteen soon. So when when he was playing, I, I just couldn't get him like in games to to break out of that rut where where he would just drive all the way and stop and get stuck. You know, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, yo, why did you do that? Like, do what, what, what I was showing you and the thing. So it took me, we used to argue and stuff. So then one summer, he said, yo, dad, I got, you know, like, like when, when the school year started, he said, yo, dad, I got better. I can't wait till you see me play. You know, mm-hmm. so it's wintertime. So he's in gym in, in gym in school. And he, every day he keeps telling me, yo, yo, dad, I was doing this. I was doing that. I'm like, yeah, whatever, man. So as soon as it gets, uh, it got, the weather got better. We in the park and he, it just clicked. You know, everything that I was showing him, it just clicked. So, I mean, right. that, that's something, something that I don't, I don't. It, I mean, it really takes repetition and stuff like that. So I think he, right. he can do it. But you know what I'm what I'm trying to say is that I think even if RJ Barrett doesn't do that, I think that just his impact in in the, the matter with the with the four guys that we have that I'm, that I'm talking about, he's mm-hmm. one of the, those four guys. I don't like to talk about like um first, second option, third option. In, in in a matter of a team, I think I think just what he brings to the table right now, even with the little step back that he just showed in in your in um in the the FIBA uh, tournament. I think I think that um that's that's all valuable, man. He's he's definitely gonna be there as a defender. That corner three is definitely gonna be something that, that that's gonna be his shot a lot. Um, mm-hmm. getting getting um a passes on the drive, that type of thing. You know, it, it's it's gonna be um just just basic what he does now is gonna be so it's gonna be so important to basically all the other players on the team. Right. You know, because uh, Kimball Walker is, is gonna love a guy like RJ Barrett. You know, uh, f- um you know Fournier Fournier is gonna is gonna eat. You know, in back back and forth, both of those guys are gonna eat off each other, RJ and Fournier. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Julius Randle, Julius Randle is gonna be like um like Trey Young was last last year. You know, guarding um Reggie Bullock because he's gonna be drinking you know my ties in, in the corner. He don't have to work as hard. Right. You know what I'm saying so. That's yeah, key man. Fact, that's a lot of key factors you said there as far as like RJ Barrett having just having Fournier and Kimber Walker will relieve a lot of pressure next time. You know, you gotta worry about everybody knows Kimber Walker his reputation. You got to yeah. worry about Kimber Walker. You got to worry about Fournier. He can shoot. You know, it's kind of like uh, the Hawks when they had um, well, Badanovich and and what's the other guy named Huerta? What what's the other white guy that they? Um, Huerta. Huerta. Yeah. Huerta. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I was gonna say Opie, but that, that ain't right. <laughs> yeah, but they had the, the, like Fournier is kind of like equivalent to them. Like you 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 can't leave him wide open. You see what I'm saying? You gotta, and even he—he's a good player. So I'm all I'm saying is that having those two guys next to him should open up his game a little bit more. And, and Julius Randle, that brick wall that they was they was building against him in the Hawks because they're like, listen, we're not worried about Peyton and Reggie Bullock. You know, he's hot sometimes. Sometimes he's off. We're not also worried about him. And then you got your Noel down there. You know, Noel was the center. He can't shoot. So basically, the Hawks were just building up a, a wall. And saying, "Go ahead, do your do your thing, Julius Randle." And Julius Randle was shitting his pants. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so I just say with Kimber Walker here now, uh, Fournier, and RJ, who should take another leap. I think it would help Julius Randle a whole lot better uh, as floor as floor spacing and uh, somebody else. 
who can create their own shot. He don't got to worry about, because, you know, uh, if you notice, a lot of the times, Julius Randle, oh, go, 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 and he'll jump in the air and look to somebody to kick you out because he feel like, well, Reggie Bullock cannot create his own offense, so I got to create it for him. You know, Alfred Payton can't create his own offense, so I got to create it for him. When you have Kimber Walker, Kimber Walker doesn't need you to do that for him. He could do right. it himself. Foyne can create his own offense. He doesn't need you to do that for him. So now you have players you can trust that can handle the ball. The only person that was – that remember, they used to bring Alex Burke in the game because he was the only one who could create. You know, like right. we need we need Alex Burks. We need a bucket. All right, give it to Alex Burks. He's the only person we could trust. It was either Alex Burks or Derek Rose, you know, that the ones that um he could trust. But now we have multiple players that he can trust. Yeah, that's that's all of it in a nutshell. <laughs> you know, like like um we, we were talking about we were breaking down each individual in, individual teams and stuff, but like mm-hmm. for the last 30 minutes, like we, we were just talking about, you know, um because because everything that has to do with the standings here, you know, is is really um predicated on what the Knicks do. Mm-hmm. You know, so like you know, all all the stuff where people saying this team did this, this team then did that, they're not breaking it down like like we're saying. Everything that we, all the intangibles that we're talking about is is going to directly affect this thing here. You know, so we we don't necessarily have to break down every <laughs> other team because what the Knicks do is is gonna is gonna um dictate that already. Right. You know, especially right. when we play other teams like like um Boston. I, you know, they got Dennis Schroeder and stuff over there, but you know they they, they should have got a center. They didn't get a center. What what they decided to do? They um they they signed that 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 um, undersized guy, you know, to an extension. That's what they decided to do to improve your team. I, I, just, I just don't get it. And even Andre Drummond was out there. Why didn't Boston sign Andre Drummond? Andre Drummond signed for two million. I think they got Ennis. En- oh, and <laughs> they got. En- <laughs> And his cancer? Yeah, I think they, I think the Southern's got and his cancer. You know, he doesn't play no defense at all. So, yeah, but, and and also he's not going to protect um the other guys that you have on the team. But and his right. cancer will rebound the ball. I I'll give him that, and he he can right. score inside. You know, but how does that help um Tatum, and how does that help the um the other guy? Mm-hmm. You know, how does that help that situation? It, uh, to me, it doesn't. I think, like I said, <clears throat> most 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 teams when they get in his cancer, they like his rebounding, like you said, and his inside scoring. But he he hardly plays in the fourth quarter because his defense is just so horrible that he's always yeah. in the he's always in the bench on the bench in the fourth quarter. And what's he gonna do against Mitchell Robinson? Because like like now now you have to cheat and stuff. So you know he's not gonna be able to, to keep an eye on Mitchell Robinson. Mm-hmm. In that way, now now Mitchell Robinson added all his muscle, quote unquote. So now he he can actually battle Ennis Cantor. Yeah, right. Ennis Cantor's not gonna be able to just you know, <coughs> dominate him. You know, scoring wise, he's gonna be able to to fight him now. Right. You know what I'm saying? So all these intangibles and stuff. I, you know, people saying Bo- the Boston Celtics are better than us. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I just don't get that because they, they didn't they didn't do anything significant to improve the team. I, I guess, like I said, Dennis Schroeder is definitely going to make them better, probably. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they, but they, you know, the way that they play, they really like they isolation basketball, so they're really going to be stuck with that. So while they while they doing all that, you know, you know, I, I think the Knicks could take advantage of them. Um, defensively, we could, and then now we have the offensive power to actually fight them back. Right. You know. Right. Well, the three teams that they really are focused on that was underneath us that they say is going to be better than us. We already mentioned the Heat. You just mentioned the Celtics and the other team was the Bulls. So I think everybody's all hyped up because the Bulls got Lonzo Ball and they got DeMar DeRozan and they have Zach Levine. But, you know, guess what? It's only one basketball that that you have on the court at a time. DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine. I don't know how that's going to work out. They never played with each other before. It's a fresh. It takes some time to get that team chemistry and gel together. <clears throat> and, you know, um, Lonzo Ball in, in, in New Orleans, he was more of a spot-up shooter. So find, is, is, are the Bulls going to do what Lonzo Ball want and put the ball in Lonzo Ball's hands? Because that's what he wanted. He wanted to be a playmaker. He wanted to push the ball on the break and kick it out to the wings, you know. you know, 
But last year, all he was doing was spotting up in the corner and shooting threes. So is the coach going to have trust in Lonzo Ball to give him the ball and put it in his hands? But Because, you know, sometimes Zach Levine wants the ball. Zach Levine is another player that likes to create and stuff like that. And then DeMar DeRozan, all three of them is kind of similar. They all like the ball in their hands and like to, you know, break down the defense and look for their shot or kick it out to their teammates. So, like I said, there's only one basketball to go around. I don't know if that's a good match, all three of them together, but. Yeah, that, that's that's key right there. Because I mean, when when he went to the Bulls, I would have automatically thought, okay, now they're giving the ball to because they paid him. Yeah, and that's another thing too. They they gave him twenty million a year, twenty plus million a year. So I'm thinking that maybe they they trust him to be like the guy to have the ball in his hand, you know, to to be the the facilitator, heavy facilitator. And you know, I'm thinking about it that way. So I'm like, okay, maybe they got something going. But but adding DeRozan, that kind of changes everything because DeRozan can't shoot. Right. You know, so so you need DeRozan to have the ball first so he can give the ball up. Right. You know, to the shooters. So mm-hmm. now, what does that say? That, that, that to me, that says that 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 um that Lonzo Ball went back to the same situation now. Right. You know, he's gonna have two guys that's ball dominant, and he's gonna be the shooter now. Yeah. So they pay twenty million dollars just to have a a, a shooter, a right. corner shooter. Right. Oh my god. <laughs> but they automatically better than us, though. That's what the media says. That's what the media. The media just go by. Media just look at the names on the paper instead of going by team chemistry and and and, and um. As far as, yeah, you, like, we already saw, this has been proven over the years past. It doesn't matter the names on the paper. It matters about team chemistry, defense, and all the intangibles also going to win it. Not just saying, like, listen, man, give me the five best players in the NBA. We're going to put them on the same team together, and they're going to win. Shoot, the freaking USA team saw that wasn't working at first when they was losing those first couple of games, right? They thought, like, we got the best players. We're just going to win no matter what. But no, you know. They lost against France, and they lost against another team. It's not all about names. It's all about team chemistry and how the team fits together. So yeah, you just, that, go ahead. No, no, no. I was, I was, uh, I finished what I was saying. So I was just saying, team chemistry. You just can't put Demar Derozan, Zach Levine, Lonzo Ball, and whoever together and think it's going to work. You know, one of the things the Knicks did is say, you know what? We look at the analytics, and Evan Fournier and Kevin Walker had their plus minus was great together on the court together. So let's put let's implement that into the offense that we already had and, and see how that works. They they took into chemistry, not just names, as far as to adding players to their team, you know? And that's yeah. a that, that's a that's a key thing you gotta do. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with I definitely agree with all that stuff, man. But you know, you know, what what I was what I was gonna say is just that the same thing with what you're saying, just about the names and stuff like that. They're, they're not really taking into account um how these stuff these guys can get together. I'm watching the chat here. You know, uh, Josh is here. You know, Josh don't don't know how to stop talking either, man. So he's harping about the dynamic wing players. He's always talking about star guys. You know, they they're closers, and mm-hmm. you, you definitely um got to win. That you know, that's that's you need those type of players to win. But at the at the same time, there's another narrative here where where um one of the guys was saying here about um Bodega Wi-Fi. He was saying that um uh, Boston has a new coach. Um, the coach that they had last year is now is the, is now the front office guy. So mm-hmm. now you, you're talking about dysfunction, in my opinion. That's that's like Isaiah Thomas when he was here. You know, um, he did better as a president, and then they was like, "Listen, now you got a coach now." So now yeah. the guy that, that's making all the bad moves, um, in the front office is now your coach. But this they did the opposite. The guy that, that was making the bad decisions on the court now you got him, um, in the front office now. So what the hell is this? You know, and and then uh, <laughs> I mean, it just it's a lot of dysfunction. But why is is it the function? Um, better than a team that doesn't have any dysfunction. We don't right. have those those problems that, um, now nowadays. Right. And then everybody, like I said, team chemistry, everybody seems like they want to be on the next day, want to be here. Zach Levine, 
I mean, yeah, they added Lonzo Gore and DeMar DeRozan. It seems like he's saying, like, he want his respect. So let's not let the Bulls go on a 10-game losing streak. Next thing you know, Zach Levine going to be like, you know what, I, I want to be traded. So you brought Alonzo Ball in and DeMar DeRozan in, and now Zach Levine says, uh, man, I mean, you this is the best you can do. It's still not working. I'm out of here. I don't think there's anybody on the Knicks that right now would just say, like, I, I want to leave. Like, th that's not in no Knicks player. Like, we got everybody who wants to be here. So that counts for something. So now you got to worry about, man, if you start losing, Zach Levine going to request a trade, you know? And so... And the Boston was good. a healthy old season. Now y'all want to call it dysfunctional, please. <laughs> you know, whatever. If if it was the Knicks, it, it would it would be dysfunction. But on mm -hmm. Boston, oh come on, they were they were injured in this, this that, and the other. It's it's just the narrative with the two different different teams. And you know, Uncle Fully is a diehard Knicks fan. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? But you know, he he likes to he likes to um to definitely um put his put his feet in the other team's shoes, which I appreciate. You know, but but um, his argument, if, if if it was the Knicks, they would be calling it dysfunction, especially mm -hmm. with the media, the way they flip everything into a negative way. It would be dysfunction here. But in Boston, it's come on, guys, they were hurt all year. What are you talking about? You know, this, they're going to be much, you know, it, it's, it's lighter, you know, and and then you could they'll, they'll people will laugh at you, you know, when they, when they say stuff like that, you know what I'm saying? But like I said, you know, it's, it's, a, it's just like um, it, it's just not fair the way the way that the, the Knicks, Knicks coverage is, you know? Yeah, you, your key additions are. Stop it, Eagle. Your key additions are, come on, Boston. I just want, I want you to be realistic. Your key additions are Ennis Cantor and Dennis Schroeder. I just, if that was the Knicks, we would be the laughing stock. Come on, man. Let's be realistic. Ennis Cantor and Dennis Schroeder. Come on, man. Ennis, uh, Dennis Schroeder is not better than Kimber Walker or Kyrie Irving. Those were your two last point guards that you had, which was Kimber Walker and Kyrie Irving. Dennis Schroeder is not on their level at all. Then Ennis Cantor. I mean, you might as well start. Uh, what's the other guy they got? Robert Williams. They might as well. Is he still in the Celtics? You might as well start him over. Yo, Robert. I, I was trying to find his name. Robert Williams just got an extension. Yeah. What? He just got an extension. He's um he's six foot eight, two thirty seven. You know you know what I'm saying. I I didn't see anything that he did to deserve a bag. They basically gave him a bag, just for um you know I I don't I mean he gave he gave them eight and seven. You know he did have one point eight blocks whatever, but a, a player like that, you know I mean Mar you know. Marcus Smart got an extension too, right? Yeah, everybody, yo, everybody's getting an extension. We we were talking about it last night too. Maybe it might be the CBA because the CBA I think is up after this year, so everybody's trying to get guys under a contract now under the current agreement. You know, so maybe maybe that's what it is. You know, but I mean, like 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 giving money, got money to these guys for no reason. These guys are just running the mill. Like you can find them anywhere, kind of players, right? You know, and they just paying everybody like 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 it's nothing. But meanwhile, Dennis Dennis Schroeder can't get a, can't get no money. You know, a, a guy like um, what's what's the kid? Um, um, Hammy, Hammy in Detroit, you know, he could have got a little bit more money, but Detroit lowballed him. He only got five million a year for, for mm -hmm. two years. But like, you know, bums like like Robin Williams, these guys are automatically getting getting all these bags. It's crazy, man. I just, you know, I just don't get it. It's bugged out. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> the bright side, I mean, for the Celtics, you still got uh, Jason Tatum and and Brown, so or Jalen Brown. So that's a dynamic dynamic duo that you got, but um. Other than that, man, I, I still think defensively and the Knicks have a better team than the Celtics and we have more weapons. I think this year you can't throw on the Knicks and their weapons and we're going to be one of the deepest team in the East. Not to knock, if you're a Celtics fan, I'm not trying to knock you. I'm just trying to say, Capet, you do have Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. But when you look at the rest of the roster, the Knicks are deeper than the Celtics. Yeah. 
you know, they, they are going to have a, a competitive team. They're not going to be trash. No, no way I'm going to say they're trash. Right. When we play them, they might beat us one game. You know, yeah. the series is going to be fun. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what I'm saying? But just on, on starting up, you know, team wide, team to team, you know, I think the Knicks um, team, you know, is, is just better. Any, right. Anybody else on this list that, that you want to um, that you want to harp on as far as these teams here? The, the pace, East? the paces, the calling it. I think those, I, the rest of these teams are irrelevant to me. No disrespect to them, but I don't see the I'm not worried about the Raptors. They're talking about trading Siakam and looking for trades for him. He's like one of their best players now. They already lost Kyle Lowry. So I'm not worried about the Raptors. Definitely not worried about the Cavaliers. The Hornets, yeah, they got LaMelo Ball, but I'm not, not worried about them. The Pacers, the Wizards, no. The only We talked about all the teams. You got the Hawks, right? You got the Celtics, the Heat, and um, who was the other team? Yeah, the Hawks, the Celtics, and the Heat. That's that's basic, That's the team that we're going to be battling with mostly, and the Bulls, and the Bulls. But the rest of these teams, I'm not worried about them at all. And the 76ers is going to be down. I think the 76ers, they was the, oh, they was the number one team last year. I think, yeah. we, I think, I think they need to be worried about the Sixers because I don't think the number one team, they're going to be the number one team this year. You might look at the Sixers dropping down to the third, fourth, or fourth spot. Yeah, they, they have, if you want to talk about the dysfunction, they got a lot of dysfunction. Maybe we was talking about earlier, he won't answer his phone, um, Mr. Ben Simmons. You know, mm-hmm. they've been trying to trade him all year. So, you know, I think the chemistry is going to take a hit on that team big time. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. the pressure now is on, um, you know, MB to really to really carry that team now. I mean, he's already averaging 30 points a game. So well, where, where's the rest of their offense going to come from, man? So, you know, they're, they're not a they're not a guarantee to be in that spot again either. You know, so 76ers is probably going to drop a lot next year, I, I believe. Right. Absolutely, man. Maybe. I don't know. Ben Simmons, maybe he should just stop trying to be a point guard, go to power forward and let somebody else run the point. Yeah, I think that might be might be the best thing, man. Because I mean, his his skill set, I think that he can take care of, um, you know, m- most um, power forwards because he's strong enough. He can get the rebound. He plays defense and stuff. He can't shoot. Yeah. So, and at the power four spot, you can kind of mask that there, right? You know, and it's, then get somebody that can actually do something at the point guard spot, right? You know, you know what I'm saying? But they didn't do that. No, they didn't do that. So, yeah. I mean, I think we cover all all we needed to cover as far as why the Knicks are not going to be a playing seat. Uh, maybe we should go now predictions. Where do you think the Knicks are going to end up this year? Well, I mean, I, I believe we're going to be basically right in the, in the same spot that the, um, that we are now. Right. You know, uh, you know, because I mean, you you really you really can't can um can't predict wins and losses like that. You can, mm-hmm. this is all imagination. You can ima- imagine, you know, what what they can do. But you know, uh, you you gotta you do gotta give certain teams credit. You know, say like um like the the like we said the Nets, the Bucks. You know, you gotta give them credit because they made it to the finals and stuff like that. But they didn't get better either. You know, mm-hmm. they actually lost, Um, you know, the guy that was that won them the game, you know, the last game, Mr. Bobby Portis. The, you know, they, well, no, they they brought him back, right? Yeah, they brought Bobby Portis back, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, they didn't really add anything to the to the team to make them better. You know, DiVincenzo is going to come back next year. So, mm-hmm. anyway, they, they, they're going to they're gonna be there. You know, they're going to be at the top. So, you're talking about the Nets on um, Bucks, like you said, Miami Heat. You know, outside of that, some of these other, other teams are going to be basically fighting us for that fourth spot. So right. I, I anticipate just like last year, the Knicks are gonna go from four to six all year. And I think by the by the end of the end of the day, I think the Knicks are gonna be right back there in the fourth spot again. Fourth spot again, right? I'll give them yeah. <clears throat> as far as wins go, I think we might be a little better than I'm not gonna like I said, I'm not gonna give you numbers, but I think we'll be more than ten games over five hundred. I think this year we're gonna do better than ten games over five hundred. <clears throat> yeah. And at least that's the hope. 
yeah. you know, there's a lot of teams too, like Washington Wizards. You know, a, a lot of people on um, you know kind of slip on what they did. You know, they they got they ended up getting Kuzma. Kuzma could probably give you 18 points a game. You know, you know, once once he's on a team that doesn't have to worry about LeBron James and all that all that pressure, you know, I think he could probably give you 18 because he did that in LA already. You know, right. so let's say if he does that, then you're talking about um, you know, uh the 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 Japanese brother, you know what I'm saying? He's over there, he's still he's good. Uh the the other kid too, um, you know, they they picked up in the draft. Um, uh you know, I, I don't have I don't have the names up here, but you know, they, they have a, a lot of guys, you know, they, they also picked up um, you know, my man from the Nets, you know, and they, they still got um, Oh they, doing doing the yeah, Spencer, yeah. Dinwiddie, yeah, yeah. They still got Dinwiddie, you know. So I mean, they they, they do have a, enough players there. So they're they're a team that that possibly could sneak and uh and up up the standings a little a little bit too. Right, yeah. uh, right, absolutely. I just I'm just not a big fan of Kyle Kuzma. I know you mentioned him, but uh, yeah, to me he just seemed like a guy that would get numbers on a bad team. Like yes, he would score a lot of points, but it would have no effect on the game. That's just the type of play he comes off to me. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think I think with him too, he he's more like um, he's worrying about like his brand more than than anything, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think he loves the game, you know. And don't don't get it twisted, but I just think that, you know, he he just doesn't have his mind wrapped wrapped correctly on on his game. Uh, you know, some of the names too. I, I it was it was on um, Roy Uchimoro. Uh, the other guy was Denny Avija. You know, mm-hmm. he might actually do something. They they also have um Bertans on that team. Thomas Bryant. You know, Is Smith. I think is still there. I'm not sure if he left the team or not. But you know they they have, they have a lot of a lot of guys that, that they can actually probably you know sneak maybe in the into the playing area. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They that's where they was at last year. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, yeah, they, they'll be fighting with the Hornets and the Pacers for that playing. I think it's over for the Cavaliers. I think the franchise is terrible. The Raptors, yeah. I think they winning days is over. Um, yeah. Yeah, all so, those all those are just bottom bottom playing kind of guys there. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's it, man. We basically covered everything. Thank God for this podcast, right? <laughs> right. And we we didn't spend uh, 45 minutes on one uh, crazy one subject. <laughs> <laughs> Robinson. God damn it. Man, like, like I said, for those that don't want to keep skimming through that, that podcast, I'll cut it up so you guys can see the point when we started talking about Mitch Robinson. That was the podcast from yesterday. Mm-hmm. But, you know, today, man, as you can see at the bottom of the screen, that's um, D-Trav from, from Nixon Night TV. Like I said, he's a he's an all star basketball player, man. So that that's why he wasn't able to to post um as much content recently. Mm-hmm. But um, you know the the seasons are are, are over, man. So you you probably see D travel a lot more, right? Yes, definitely. You see me a lot more, a lot more posting. Look out for me on Nixon Night TV on YouTube, on Instagram. Uh, catch me tweeting every once in a while. I'm not a big Twitter fan, but I, I'll, I'll throw something over, up there once in a while. Um, but yeah, we back, man. We back. I look forward to doing more collabos with Die Hard Knicks podcast and whoever want to do um, collabos. I'm here. Look forward to me bringing more interviews from players like myself. Some guys that you want to hear from that you may heard of that was in the NBA or known in New York or street ball. Just let me know. You know, hit me up in the chat, and um, I, I could get them on the show. You know, even you too, man. If you want to join in on a on a um, a duo with one of these, these basketball players out here. Like you said, you was talking about, you know, white chocolate, you know, um, I think it was before you started filming. White chocolate used to be up the street from where you used to stay at filming that show. Yeah. So yeah, that's the street, the street ball white chocolate. Yeah, the street ball white chocolate. If we want to get maybe maybe we might get him on the show or Smush Park or, or one of them. You never know, you know? So Yeah, definitely, man. So so I mean that that's that's what um what Nick's um Nixon Night TV brings, man. He he actually he actually mm-hmm. still plays ball and he knows a lot of these guys, man. So right. you know, 
hit the subscribe button, you know what I'm saying, and show these guys love, man. Stop, stop watching ESPN. All these guys, they don't, they don't, they don't love us, man. Right. You know what I'm saying? They, they have, they don't have no, none, and no interest in, in, um, in making the Knicks, Knicks fans feel good. So if you want to feel good, go find, find a Knicks podcast that you enjoy, man. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, so uh, I'm definitely gonna want to have you on, on the show also again, so we could break down stuff like this because I like I enjoy talking with you too, man. You know, so right. I definitely got to have you back on. Absolutely, man. Yeah, man. And so, okay. No, so thanks for having me, and um, like I said, look forward to doing another show with you. And somebody says salute, salute to everybody, to everybody in the chat. Thanks for tuning in. I'm sure Eru, you know, you guys show Eru love all the time. You know, you know what you can do for Eru is. Uh, share with your friends, you know, some of the podcasts so that, that, you know, he can get some new subscribers and they can check it out. Yeah. Hit the thumbs up too, man. So I can get a better fan. Cause I'm here sweating my nuts <laughs> off. <laughs> Everybody keeps cracking on me. I'm like sweating, man. What, what the hell are you going to do? I got, I got a, a, a thing behind me. I got a fucking hat on and I got a fan blowing on me. I'm, I'm trying my best here, man. But if you don't hit the thumbs up, then I can't improve, man. I'm going to be here, you know, sweating my nuts off in right, these podcasts right. here. Right, he, yeah, need, he he needs some centuria in the, in, the, <laughs> in, the, in the in the studio. So look out for my guy, right? Oh my god, <laughs> yeah, man. So anyway, you know, thanks thanks for for coming in, D. Trav, Knicks fan. Um, it's gonna be Knicks at Night TV, right. and um, I see you guys on the next one, man. Thank you, thank you to chat once again, and um, peace, peace.